You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So we're in the Culture Code series, Yes and Amen. Um, I think that I every time this series comes around, I like to um, put myself in on the roster because I, I kind of like to joke around and say I was... I was born in this house, like I'm an, a, a baby of Awakened Church. And I say that because I've been here since week three of the, the time that the church started, and we were meeting in a Marriott building, and um, it was so funny because I was 22 in college, going to Vegas to meet a guy. You know, I was lost. I was pretty dang lost 15 years ago. And I met my husband on the airplane. And at the time, he was just this annoying guy that flipped his hair all around and was obnoxious and talked too much and walked too much and was too loud and all those things that I was very annoyed with. Quickly, something came upon me, and then I was like, oh, this piques an interest. So I went from annoyed to piquing an interest all within an hour. And so um, we flew to Vegas, and then he told me to call him, which I never did. I had my own bad things going on, and not that bad, I mean, sin, but yeah, don't let your imagination go crazy, it wasn't that bad, <laughs> um, but then when we got back to San Diego, my mom made me call him, because he was a chiropractor, I'm like, okay, mom, well, you know, you've been adjusted your whole life, and it's very important part of your future, so you should probably call him, I'm like, okay, mom, I'll call him for you, called him, and he invited me to church. So not only did I need a physical adjustment, I needed a spiritual adjustment. He invited me to church, came my first Sunday, raised my hand, got saved, gave my life to Jesus, and the rest is history. And so (laughs) I know a little bit about what the culture of our church stands for. So culture code in the series is one of my favorite. Um, I am calling this message today the awakened angle, the awakened angle. The reason why cultures are so important and God showed me this. I didn't like find this on Google or anything, but <laughs> culture shifts atmospheres. Yeah. And atmospheres is what changes us. And so when we enter an atmosphere of faith, hope, and love, we literally physically change. Like my husband's a doctor and he teaches all this stuff. But in my language, I like to say it changes the cells, the tissues, the organs in our body when we come into an atmosphere of faith, hope, and love. And that culture is what we have, have tried to cultivate in our campuses, in our services, in our church, in our community, and in our people, in our people that call themselves um, an awakened church attendee. So the awakened angle. And today I want to talk about a man in the Bible, which is good. It's always good to talk about the Bible. A man in the Bible whose name is Joshua. Joshua. And if you're a girl here, you can call him Joshuette. Like, I don't want to compare myself to Joshua, but I'm like, well, I'll just compare myself to Joshua. If he was a female, it would work too. So Joshua 1, 1 to 9 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Joshua. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean to the sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Come on, amen. Who wouldn't want all that being said to you from the Lord? Continuing, verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Again, notice how many times he says this. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amen. Come on. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Come on. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to rename myself Joshua so I can receive all of those words straight from you. That's just an incredible um, passage of scripture. And so as we get into this, I want to encourage you, just before I get into my points, to actually listen to Pastor Leanne's message from last week. She preached it at Balboa Campus. It's on our podcast. And she really goes into the culture that we're facing and how us as believers and Christians can deal with and change the culture of the world. And it is so powerful um, because it's good to see from a 50,000-foot view. What is it? What, why does it matter what we stand for in our church? Why does it matter what we do? Why does it matter what we believe? Because what we do and what we believe and what we say and how we act coming from this place, coming from believers in Jesus Christ, is what is going to shift the culture out there, who is very opposite. And we do not only face a physical battle and we see all of this crazy stuff happening. We don't face all of that. We face a spiritual battle. And so in order to be empowered as Christians, we must know first who we are and second of all, what we're coming against. And I would encourage you just to listen to that message because it is so incredible on um, just honestly, she speaks about the spirit of Jezebel and, and shows us what's actually happening in the world today and what we're supposed to do as believers to come against it. So it's incredible. So my first point is raise and release. So in Awakened Church, you will find yourself being empowered, um, being discipled into what God has called you and made you to be. And not to say you're not awesome how you are, but there are things on the inside, each and every one of us, that God wants to um, call out and raise you into and release you into. And if you see in the story of Joshua being called to be Moses' predecessor, you see that literally he is called to do the exact same thing that Moses taught him to do. So Moses is called to part the Red Sea. So he sends spies over to see what's happening. Only two spies, Joshua and Caleb, come back with a good report. And so Moses see, oh, I think I can use this man. I think I can disciple this man. He comes back with a spirit of faith. It says that Caleb comes back with a different spirit, different spirit from the other 10, 10, the 10 spies that came back with a negative report. And so what we can learn from that is that Joshua is discipled and raised up by Moses and then called into his destiny to cross the Jordan and bring the Israelites into the promised land. And so I remember this happening in my life. So when I was first asked to do something here in church, I was asked to help decorate the bathrooms. Amen. (laughs) 
So we were meeting in a boys and girls club. I was newly saved. You know, you just heard kind of glimpses of my story becoming a Christian. And Pastor Becky, who's now our, our um, Balboa campus pastor, she said, oh, Kayla, I need you to help me decorate the bathrooms every Sunday. Like, she, you know, recruited me to her team. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> and so she taught me all the little things. This curtain goes here. This thing goes here. This candle goes here. And I did, didn't even know I was being literally discipled. She was showing me what I could do to help serve the house of God and what was going to be one of my steps into God's full calling in my life. And so it all came full, full circle. This story is really cool. Like two weeks ago at our San Marcos campus, this man named Tim Smith was preaching on a three by 10. And he was saying in his first few weeks of being at the church at the Boys and Girls Club way back when, when I was there decorating the bathrooms, he was like offended about something in the church and he was struggling whether or not to keep going to Awaken Church. He was like, I'm not sure if it's the church for me. And then he said one day he stepped into the bathrooms and noticed it didn't look like, because actually, oh, this other part of the story is he worked, he was a coach, he worked there. So he saw those bathrooms Monday to Friday. And then he stepped into one of the bathrooms on a Sunday that I had decorated, that Pastor Becky had taught me how to decorate. And he was like, oh my goodness, if there are people that want to do this and treat the house of God with this level of excellence, this is a place where I can stay. This is a place where I can be planted. And so Tim Smith is direct fruit of what God asked me to do and called me to do. And, and me allowing myself to be raised and released into something so small as decorating the bathrooms. Come on. Praise God. Praise God for pretty bathrooms. <laughs> it's true, though. If I go to Starbucks and the bathroom's, like, really nice and pretty and, like, designed well, I feel better about this establishment. I'm like, bathrooms are very important, people. It's a very, it actually is a reflection of any corporation or business or even a home. Like, Slight teaching moment here. This is a tangent, but make sure that bathrooms in your home look good when, you're, when you have people over. Right. Just a little tip. Just a little tip. I light the candle. I put the little poopery there, the spray, you know. Decorate your bathrooms. <laughs> Numbers 27, 18 to 23 says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eliezer, the priest, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority, so the whole Israelite community will obey him. And what I've seen Pastor Jürgen and Leanne do since the day this church existed is, is raise and release, and raise and release people into their calling, but also into a level of authority. So once I was asked to make those bathrooms pretty on my own and I was taught how to do it, I now had a new authority in something to be able to do it on my own. And so here we are today. There's multiple steps along that journey to this point from 15 years ago, which I'll get into a little bit. But the point is God is, is looking to see who will let themselves be raised and released into the calling. And in this church, you will find yourself being ignited for something you thought you'd never care about. Right. <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
do I care what a bathroom looks like? Not necessarily, but all of a sudden I'm passionate, excited about it, and I know that God's using me in this. And God will do the same thing for you the longer you sit in this church and allow yourself to be used for what God is calling you to. And something I thought of just reading over my notes in between services, imagine if Joshua hadn't been discipled by Moses. I wonder who God would have been able to call on. In that moment where literally the destiny of the Israelite people was in Joshua's hands. But what if he hadn't been shown how to call on God? What if he hadn't been shown by Moses how to part a sea? How, what would have happened? We will never know. But thank God there was discipleship and there was an empowering and there was a passing on of authority. In Jesus' name, come on. I remember back in the day when Pastor Jesse also known as Jeff, was on the doors uh, in the early days, back at the Boys and Girls Club, folding pamphlets and handing them out. Uh, I remember pa- Pastor Audrey was, was here at the first service, and she was um, overseeing our Connect ministry. Now she oversees all the worship for our two campuses, and she's just beautiful operating in the calling that God's called her to. She was one of the ones who discipled me in my moments when I was decorating the bathrooms and coming to church. I got got out of the car to come serve, and I had gotten in a fight with my boyfriend at the time, come in looking all grumpy. And she's like, "Uh, Michaela, this is the house of God. You can have a grumpy on your face. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm just thinking, no. Joy of the Lord is your strength, miss. And I'm like, okay, let's be excited about this. If you're going to serve the house of God, be happy about it. Come on. I'm like, okay, I can do that. But at Awaken Church, you will be awakened to your God calling. And we are excited and proud. And it's part, a massive part of the culture you'll find from the Awaken Church angle. Come on. Point number two, faith over fear. Faith over fear. There's a reason why God says to Joshua quite a few times, be strong and courageous. I don't think God would have had to remind Joshua that so many times if there wasn't the potential for fear to creep in. And how many times do we rehearse our fear rather than rehearse the promises of God? How many times are we looking at our fear and our circumstances bigger than, than the almighty and powerful God who is telling us to be strong and courageous. God is so incredible because he empowers us to be strong and courageous. He calls us to be strong and courageous. He asks us to be strong and courageous. He doesn't say be weak and scared because then I'll do everything for you. No, he actually calls us to be strong and courageous and he still does those things for us. He responds to our faith. He responds to our strength. He responds to our courage. Every single time I've had to step out in faith, God has showed up. Every time I'm facing a situation that looks scary, intimidating, makes me nervous, makes me anxious, every time I step out and do it anyway, God shows up. And it's the same for me as it is for you. Every time you step out in faith, you'll see God show up. God responds to our faith. In Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There is no sea, there is no mountain, there is no virus, there is no situation, there is no circumstance that is bigger than our God. Our God is the God of the impossible, and he's called us to be bold and courageous. 
Anytime we see a situation that seems bigger than God, we need to remind that situation, that mountain of how big our God is and the God that we serve in Jesus' name. One way, one way to overcome being afraid is to do things afraid. So it's okay to be afraid. And here's the thing. In the culture and the society we live in today, fear is the worse pandemic than COVID-19. Fear is a greater pandemic than COVID-19 because viruses can be healed. Sicknesses can be healed. The detriment that the spirit of fear can do takes massive unwinding. The depths of the hurt and the pain that a spirit of fear can cause and it leaks through generations. It's not like if I got COVID today, then all of a sudden all my children will have COVID when they're born if I ever had kids again and I'm not going to. But what my point is, is that the spirit of fear is much more powerful than a virus. And it's sad that in our culture and our society today, they have, they have caught onto this. They, they have caught onto the fact that they can use fear tactics in order to destroy our society. And so I want to tell you that because if you've experienced fear, it's okay. But that's not God's call for your life. Because God will let us experience fear, but then he calls us to come out on the other side of it and act despite the fear. He wants us to act despite the fear that we feel and not base our decisions on a feeling of fear or scared or timidity, but to actually act in faith despite the fear. And fear is something that sneaks up on us. Sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm like biting my nails. I'm like, why am I biting my nails? Oh, I'm, I'm nervous. Oh my gosh, stop it. Stop it. But I want to point out these 10 signs that fear is running your life, who um, an MD just currently wrote during, during the pandemic. Um, here's 10 signs. And I just want you to mentally take note. If any of these feel like, oh, yeah, and don't feel bad, just be real. This is between you and God. Just be real with yourself. Be real with God. Oh, my gosh, I think I've done that. Any of these 10 things, and after, um, when the ministry team comes up, I just want you to come up and get prayed for. It's very simple. The spirit of fear, even though it, it, it can be powerful, it can be broken in a moment because of the power of God and because of the power of the spirit of the Lord can overtake that spirit. The first one, you find yourself striving in vain for an impossible to achieve standard of perfection. You settle for less than your dreams. You say yes when you mean no. You say no when you mean yes. You numb yourself with food, alcohol, technology, or excessive busyness. You procrastinate a lot. You struggle to make decisions. You are a control freak. You muzzle yourself. You get sick. And I just wanted to bring these here today. Even though this is a scientific study um, on signs that you're operating in fear, I I find some truth in there. If any of those resonate with you and you're like, oh, I think I've been doing that lately. I think I've been procrastinating a lot. I think I've been... Just get, nip it. Just nip it. Church is the place we come in order to deal with these things that creep in, to, in order to break the power of the enemy, in order to be released of things that is not God's plan for your life. And so we're going to have that opportunity at the end. And I just want to have a side, uh, side tangent. You know, we were in Arizona for the past couple of days. And because Arizona is a lot more free than California right now, I'm telling you the atmosphere is so different there. The, um, the way you feel going out in public is so different there. People aren't required to wear masks anymore. And I think that the masks have done so much damage to us because it be, has become a habit. Um, because we, we get in trouble if we don't wear them. 
and then we're scared to not wear them because that's a spirit of fear. And then you're scared to wear it because what if, you know, it doesn't work? And then you're scared to wear it if, because deep down inside, I don't want to. Like, it's just so confusing. That is all spirits that are not of God. And so even though they don't know it, I mean, in Arizona, they don't know that this has, is like a spiritual release, but I can feel it in the air. I'm like, people are so much happier. People are so much full of joy. People are so much full of life. And when you have those spirits, the fruits of the spirit, and you're operating in them, you're not going to get sick. Because if you're scared down, your immune system is already broken and weakened. My husband's a doctor. I learned this from all from him. <laughs> if your immune system is down and weakened by what we are feeling inside, you're that much more susceptible to sickness. And in the U.S., 42% of respondents to a CDC survey in December reported anxiety or depression symptoms an increase of over 200 from the 2019 average. 200% increase in anxiety and depression, which all stems from fear. Over 52,000 people died by overdosing on synthetic opioids between August 19 and August 20, the highest on record, with especially high numbers seen in the months following lockdown. When overdose, the deaths from the calendar of year 2020 are compiled, it's likely to be the worst on record. Oh my goodness. And we're thinking that, that a virus is the one killing us, and it's not. It's this spirit, it's this fear, it's this anxiety, it's this depression. It's the enemy literally killing and stealing and destroying human life. Another thing you can do while you're doing things afraid and overcoming the fear is to prophesy. Speak into that situation. You know, on one way I prophesy in my life is I write words on my mirrors and I write notes around places that I randomly see them. And the one that's on my mirror right now is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I encourage you to do that. If you need a reminder consistently of that, then you need to write these things in places you can see them on a consistent basis and read them out loud and say them and prophesy them. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Pastor Leanne wants to call this year's Cherish Conference fearless because we are raising up fearless people. When we are faced with things that are beyond our control, we are faced with situations that bring anxiety and um, fear, we want to be the people who can rise above that. She wants to raise up women who can rise above that. And I know for a fact that the men will be dealing with a lot of this stuff at Emerge. So if you're not registered for Emerge, which is this coming weekend, you want to make sure you are there. You want to make sure you're there. And women, get your ladies to Emerge. A little plug. At Awaken Church, we do not tolerate a spirit of fear. So at the end of this message, I'll give everyone the opportunity to come and get prayer for that. Number three. Number three coming to kind of a close, kind of. Joshua 1.8, keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is the instruction book of life. Point number three is obedience. Everything that God wants you to do how he wants you to be, what he wants you to say is in the word of God. And if you simply open up, especially the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, if you open that up on a daily basis and, and read it every day for a month, 
you will see exactly how God wants us to be. You will see exactly how God has created us to be. And God doesn't ask us to follow his book of law so that we feel um, constricted, so that we feel like we can't do anything, so that we feel like our lives stink, so that we just sit in the room and read the Bible all day and not have any fun. No. God gives us these this guidance book of how to live so that we can have freedom. And the way I know that is because the Bible says, Matthew 7, 13, enter, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. This is not necessarily, even though it is a book of law, it's more so a book of life. If we do the things that this book has called us to do, we will find life. We will find joy. We will find peace. We will find answers. God will speak to us. And that doesn't mean that we don't ever do anything wrong. That's why we have community. That's why we have church. That's why we have men's and women's prayer. That's why we have accountability. That's why we have a safe place we can come and say, you know what? I messed up. You know what? I did something that the Bible told me not to do. And it's okay. Because we're a church and a community that believes that you can be forgiven once you ask for forgiveness and you can be set free from any stronghold that the enemy wants to bring over your life. When I first got saved, I had a group of friends. We called ourselves the Fab Four. I was in college. And I love these women. I love these, the, these girls. At that time, they were my, my best friends. There came to a point where I decided to get saved and follow Jesus, um, where there was things that they wanted me to partake in that I just had to say no to. And because I wouldn't do what they wanted me to do, and I wouldn't go to the places they wanted to go anymore, they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And they actually sat down and said, we don't know if we can be your friend anymore. And so there became a moment where I had to decide what was more important to me. Was I going to stay the same way I was and maybe have some fun here and there, or was I going to live the life that God called me to do, set free from all of that bondage and all of those things that the enemy had taken? And I made the decision to let those friends go. And God has brought so much blessing to the point where those friends call me now for advice. Those friends call me now and say, hey, can I come to your church? Those friends are now looking to me for the answers that we were all looking for. I want to read this scripture, Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or woman who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man or woman who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I don't know about you, but I want to be the one that has a foundation on the rock. I want to be the one that listens to what the word of God says and does what the word of God says. The other thing, other, other thing, other thing about God asking us to do things is God's timing. So when God asks us to do something is when we are called to obedience. And so this happened so practically in my life when I had a plan 
I had a plan that I was going to have three kids in this amount of time, and I was going to do ministry, and it was going to be this time, and this is how it was going to work, and I was going to have this incredible marriage and all these dreams in my head. Well, all those dreams in my head are now happening, but not the way I said. It's been the way God says and on God's timing. So for five years, of my husband and I, right when we got married, wanted kids, and we couldn't get pregnant. And I'm like, well, this isn't my timing. And then, you know, I started decorating the bathrooms, and then I started checking people in at our DNA classes, and then I realized, wow, I really like doing this ministry stuff. Maybe I could become a campus pastor. (laughs) Like next year. No. (laughs) Didn't happen that way. It did not happen that way. I was sitting on the play mat with my, I think, Maverick. My second was one years old, one year old. When I got the call that, well, actually, I should say, before I got this call, God asked me if I would consider being involved in kids' ministry. And I was like, no. I have two babies. I don't even know if I like kids yet. I mean, I love these ones. But like... Do you know me, God? You made me. You know, me and kids, like I never babysat. I never did anything with kids. I'm, this isn't my passion. You know what my passion is. And so it was funny because after God and I had that conversation, someone from church called me and asked me if I would be involved in kids ministry. And I'm like, well, me and God already had this conversation and I think he's wrong. So probably going to have to say no. Oh my gosh. I was so convicted. I hung up that phone, I called my husband, like, can you believe they wanted me to do kids ministry? I have two babies. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. What are they thinking? What is God thinking? He's like, you have, my husband, babe, you've been asking for ministry. You're gonna say no? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's not what I want it. It's not how I want it, not when I wanted it, so no. Thank God for good husbands. He's like, you call them back and tell them you are gonna say yes. And I'm like, okay, so I did. Thank God. Thank God I did. I stepped into kids' ministry, loved, fell in love with it, loved it, loved it. And then they asked me, not only kids' ministry anymore, can you oversee the other generations? And I'm like, wow, maybe, maybe I can do this. So I said yes to that, and the journey continues. Yeah. But thank God, because honestly, God will not ask you to do things that the way you've planned it. Oftentimes, it's not how you or me have planned it to be. And then it's God's timing, and we have to be aware that God is trying to get something to us so he can get it through us, so he can do something in our lives. Not sure if you knew this, but every time Jesus called one of his disciples, they were actually not unemployed. They were in their calling for what they were doing for the world. They were in their vocation. They were in their career. They were crushing it at business. They were entrepreneurs. They were living the dream. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and calls them. And in that timing, they each had a choice to say yes or no. See, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so for you and I, what what we can find at Awaken Church is that we listen. We listen to God's timing because at one one time or another, you are going to be called to do something because we believe in raising and releasing leaders and disciples and preachers and pastors and all of these ministry giftings, you will find at one time or another, God's timing will be the imperative point of your next step. Next step, come on. Another thing God showed me is that 
if you're here and God's asked you to do something and you're on the fence, some of us are like, okay, I think we have been raised into a culture that's okay with being on the fence. But God showed me, okay, it's okay, because I've been there. I've been on the fence before. It's probably like last week. But God showed me as I was writing this message is that being on the fence is not being in a place of faith. So once we get off the fence, then we move into a place of faith where God can move. So being, a, being on the fence is actually a little bit selfish. And if some of us need to take time to be on the fence for a moment, that's okay. But know that there's something better. Know that there's something better for you and what God's called you to do and for the people in your life around you. Because once you respond to God in God's timing, you will see the fruit of that go in and through the people in your life. At Awaken Church, we empower you to be in the word and be doers of the word, not to take away from us, but to add to us, to make our lives better, to make our lives more full, to make our lives more free. Amen. That's point number three. Point number four. Mm, Running out of time there. Okay. I'll move fast. Point number four. I think the keys are going to come soon, so you know when the keys come, the message is about to end, so hang in there. Point, this is an important point, guys. This important point. God with. God with. Joshua 1.5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Come on. Who wants that? I want that. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. This is such an incredible point. What God showed me is that, yes, once you become a Christian, God is with you. And there's lots of churches out there. There's lots of of communities out there of faith. There's lots of Christians and believers out there. And yes, they have God with them. If you've accepted Jesus into your life, at any point in your life, you have God with you. Yes, you do. But what I noticed in this story is, in this story and with Moses, is an encounter with God. And at Awakened Church, the angle that we take is that the encounters with God that we have are some of the most important Um, and incredible and powerful moments of our lives. And these are the moments that drive us. These are the moments where we see when we have an encounter with God, things change supernaturally. We believe in the supernatural of this church. We believe in miracles, just like Joshua parted the Jordan. Yes, it was an act of faith, but it was also a miracle from God. And so I'm gonna read this scripture because it shows us when God reveals himself to Moses, it was in the form of a burning bush. And then God does it with Joshua in 5, 13 to 14. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come now. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? These are the moments that we all, that are, that are imperative to our lives as believers. We can call ourselves Christians and we can say we go to church, but it's those moments that are encounters with God that change everything. It was in these moments where Moses knew he could do what God called him to do because he had an encounter with God. And then again with Joshua, he had an encounter with God and it reactivated him to know that he could do what God called him to do. I see that in Awakened Church, we 
every situation and every circumstance, we bring the presence of God. And we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And at the end of this service, you're gonna have the opportunity to come forward to one of our ministry team and receive the Holy Spirit. And it's an beautiful thing because this is the way we can operate in this life, in this world as a Christian and not get overtaken by the world. It's like our supernatural powers as a Christian. I feel bad for people that don't. My husband has told his story many, many times of how he was raised in a Christian home, but without the power of the Holy Spirit, it was like he just was trying to strive and live to be someone who he could never be without, without the presence and the Spirit of God in his life. There will be situations and moments in your life where you will literally need to call on the Spirit of the Lord and He will appear to you and you will have a new level of faith, a new level of confidence, a new level of peace in your life that you could have never experienced before. And at Awakened Church, we believe in one encounter with God, miracles can happen. We believe that someone can get prayed for for a broken bone and that they can be healed. We believe that women can be prayed for to get pregnant and that they can get pregnant. It happened to me three times. And so at Awaken Church, we stand and we rely, we rely heavily on the presence of God and the power of God. And we expect miracles to happen. We expect them to happen. Point number five as we close. We share the news. At Awaken Church, we share the news. Joshua 4.21 says this. He said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So when Joshua had brought the people across, he told them to pick up stones because they wanted to have something to remember what God had done. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And we're here as Awakened Church to spread the word. We're here to share God stories and testimonies and go to men's and women's prayer. Our faith is lifted when we hear the stories of other people getting breakthrough and miracles and things happening in their life. And we hold on to these stones. And when people ask, we hold on to these miracles. We have it. We have it as proof that God has showed up. God has done something. God is here. Let me show you my stone. I have proof that he did it. Let me show you my Micah, Merrick, and Maverick my three miracle children. And the miracle doesn't stop with us. The miracle keeps going because we share the word. It's by the, the blood of the, te- the blood of the, <laughs> the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Excuse me. The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that we reach people. And that's my most favorite part at women's prayer, if I could be selfishly honest, is hearing other people's God stories. I'm like, this is called a prayer meeting. Can we call it a God story meeting? Because I really like the God stories. But it's so important to focus on what God is doing, to focus on what God has done, to pray into and to speak into life the things that God can do and not to dwell on the past. You know, God didn't tell them to get the stones and then just hold on to them and bury them and hide them. He told them to take the stones as a reminder. Take your stories as a reminder. I encourage people all the time. Write down what God has done in your life so that you can remember because you will have moments where people will come to you in complete loss of hope, complete loss, not knowing what to do. 
and your testimony and your story of God's goodness will literally lead them to a place where they can receive Jesus. Lead them into an invitation to church, just like my friends from back in college. At some point, they wanted to know what has happened in your life. And our job, our job is to share the news. Our, God, our job is to share the stories and our testimonies because we're saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The way we advance the kingdom is by sharing the news, sharing the good news, sharing the good news of the gospel and sharing the good news of what God has done in and through our life because we are obedient doers of the word. Come on, amen. Amen. So that's that's the awakened angle in a nutshell. Five things that that God has spoken to our lead pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, so that we can see the kingdom advance in our city. And I just love that it's not about them, it's about spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus and spreading Jesus in and throughout our city and creating a culture that is undeniable, creating a culture where people can see our lives flourishing, where, where we are free and excited to do life and have fun and be who God's called us to be. I love that our pastors are fun. And I know that that's not, it wasn't one of my points because I'm like, that's too silly. That's kind of silly. But how often do you see in this day, in this culture, especially in the last year or so, it's even the Christians are fighting. It's so sad. We all believe basically the same thing. We know most of us are going to heaven, but then some of them are so mad about this thing and that thing, they've lost their joy. Why have we lost our joy? Why have we let the circumstances of the world steal our joy when we're called to be the salt and the light? Why have we gotten ourselves to this place? There is a joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. We are supposed to be people that are full of joy and having fun and living life to its fullest. And so as we come to a close right now, I just want to give every person the opportunity. If you have never responded to Jesus and given God your heart in your life, I want to give you that opportunity. I know there's people here today, maybe you once had given your life to God, but you just want to reignite that passion. You want to reignite, um, reconnect with God, reconnect your heart with God, recommit to God. And so you can also raise your hand in this moment. But if everyone can close their eyes and bow their heads, just so no one's looking around, being nosy. (laughs) I'm going to give, this is between you and God. I want to give you the opportunity to say, God, I surrender to you today. I give you my life today. I want to give people the opportunity to reconnect. And even if if you've let something take over your life that is not of God, that there is no judgment here, but this is a safe place where you can say, I surrender that to you, God. So I'm going to count to three here in a second. And if that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going to say a prayer with you. If you do raise your hand, the whole church is going to join and say a prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I did this myself 15 years ago in my first church service that I ever went to. And my life has never been the same. So on the count of three, if that's you, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you, I see a hand up here. Anyone else? I'm gonna give you a few seconds to respond. If you feel a tug of war, like maybe I should raise my hand. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe get off the fence and raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place right now. 
I thank you, God. Thank you for this hand that's lifted right here. If everyone can keep, can uh, look up at me, and we're just going to repeat this prayer. Come on, we had a, a hand raised here, so let's give God a shout. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have everyone repeat after me this prayer of salvation. God, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I repent of my sins. I love you, God. I give you my life today. I honor you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.